Barefooting with Sierra uses Buzzsprout. Just start with the equipment you already have and a quiet space, add Buzzsprout, and your podcast is ready to go. You'll get a great-looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to show how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and more. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know I sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support the show. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout and get your message out to the world. Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of Barefooting with Sierra. My name is Sierra Larson. I'm a novelist, comic creator, and independent journalist, and I have been living without shoes since 2010. I created this podcast to keep my audiences in touch with all of my projects, to talk about things I care about, and to interact with the awesome people in my various professional networks. In this episode, I interviewed poet and journalist Lou Sterling Jr. I'm going to break this podcast up into four parts, novels, comics, journalism, and barefooting, each representing a different aspect of my professional life. I will give you updates on what I'm working on, let you know about any new works you can see, and keep you in the know about when I do free book giveaways on Amazon. Let's get started. First up, novels. I was feeling better enough today to hit my daily word count goal of 500 words on my postbellum romance novel. I really like where it's going and I'm getting a good feel for the characters, but this draft is such a mess that it's going to need an almost full rewrite. That's okay though, because that's what the first draft is for. It's basically just vomiting out all of your ideas and a lot of that is going to be bad, but you get some solid foundations to build on when you go back for that second round rewrite. And now let's dive into today's interview. Hi, Lou, and thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and what you do. Sure thing. Uh, I'm Lou Sterling Jr., but nowadays most people just call me Sterling. Uh, I'm originally from uh, Brooklyn, New York, but reside in Miami Gardens, Florida. I used to be a math tutor, but now I'm actually a self-employed journalist. Good stuff. So this is my first time interviewing you. Usually it's the other way around. You write books about barefooting and you've interviewed me a few times for them. Um, can you tell the listeners about some of those books? Sure thing. Um, I know I first started doing books on my Wattpad, uh, which is um, at Barefoot Poet Advocate. But now I decided to turn my actual studies into actual books. So Right now, I'm posting everything that I did on my Wattpad uh, onto my Instagram and my Facebook as like little infographics. And then at the same time, I'm creating actual books on, uh, on a few topics from barefooting, math, and even poetry, which is going to take a while because I realized uh, when I recheck my Wattpad, there's like over uh, almost a hundred plus entries. So I, I gotta see if I can finish that sometime this year. Um, so you originally started publishing on what, on Wattpad. Um, why did you choose that one to publish on over everything else? Um, originally I was first told about Wattpad during my junior year of high school. Uh, but I didn't really start posting on there until, uh, say my freshman year in university uh, before I had to stop so from there I pretty much was more open with myself 
like okay being barefoot in public and such since high school was well high school then yeah. <laughs> from there <laughs> from there it's pretty much just I didn't really have anyone to really talk to much in person uh, with regards to like barefooting or and writing and such so I pretty much just went online and pretty much talked to people that way I was I was mostly an introvert but now I'm trying to be more open with uh, me being a writer and a journalist as a whole and ever since then I've made a lot of good friends from poets and writers and one of my best friends is uh, a screenplay writer actually so I'm grateful that I was able to make that change. That's awesome and you said that you're trying to turn your books into actual books which I assume you mean physical copies of books what platform are you using for that um, i'm actually writing some books using microsoft uh, word however i'm i'm challenging myself to create some books on uh, one website called overleaf which they have a programming language called latex and yes that is the actual name of the programming language i don't, I don't know why it's called latex but um it, it's a it's supposed to be like a math and science like computer programming language that uh, I've self-taught myself on my 19th birthday uh, which the only reason I actually self-taught myself it on my 19th birthday was because no one actually called me on my birthday so I was like if no one calls me by the end of the night I'm just going to self-teach myself something random and from there I just pretty much improved my skills ever since self-teaching so I guess thanks to everyone who never called me on my birthday I guess <laughs> I mean that's like a bummer that they didn't call you but you got something positive out of it that's a really positive yeah. way to be proactive about bettering yourself so good on you for doing that thank you um uh, so how do you come up with the ideas for the books that you write um it's just it just it kind of takes one day at a time really like I know sometimes some of my writing whether it's for books or actual articles that I'm writing for journalism it's pretty much just basically everyday stuff uh, so say for the books is basically just experiences that um, either I've had or uh, what people have uh, posted online because I know I was in a few uh, let's see well the poetry book uh, the original the regular poetry book that one was basically just one I started back in high school so that was just based on random events random situations then I expanded from that into uh, a second poetry book dedicated just to all poems about going barefoot and being barefoot and some of them were based on my personal experiences while others were based on uh, other people's experiences that they've actually shared online or have personally told me and those experiences some of them did take a while to create an actual poem, which I've turned some of them into spoken word poems. I haven't performed any of them as yet since, uh, ever since all this, it's really hard to really do any spoken word. But um, from there, uh, I, ever since that and journalism, journalism is basically the toughest one out of the, the three, to be honest, since it, I try to be different from the average journalist like writing about every single current event and stuff like that I just try to go for like what's specific what's detailed and up to date because I know the most 
the, re the reason I started journalism, well, besides high school, was pretty much uh, the beginning of uh, this, well, technically pandemic, but actually it's an epidemic. I actually have the study guide over here. And it's, it's, it's kind of hard to actually see it, but it's actually uh, titled the 2020 census and unauthorized recipe for the coronavirus. And basically this one's kind of was like a biblical aspect as to why the coronavirus is even a thing, why it's here and stuff like that. And through like a biblical perspective, it turned out it's actually because uh, America did the 2020 census being taken it's, it's a long story but it's this one alone was nine pages to write to give to people interesting and i'm i'm sure that would be a fascinating read to see how you've connected the 2020 census through biblical study to the coronavirus that must have been quite a link to come up with that it, it was i will admit that one that one is actually the reason I actually started my, my journalism business. And that one took oh boy, three months to write on paper and a week and a half to uh, type all of it on using, using latex programming. And right now I'm writing, I am writing a couple more about uh, COVID uh, with regards to if it's pneumonia and face mask. But one new one is actually honestly a, a massive shocker really i know i told a friend of mine just before uh, i came on here about it but I, di I didn't say the whole details so i didn't spoil it to her but one is about uh this election itself and about uh for me i normally try not to use like i'm not a person that is into like using like the like a race card or anything like that but I know when it, when it was during this election, the black community was like super excited that Trump was out of office, surprisingly. And at this point, like I even heard fireworks just the other night, the, the night he actually left. I'm like, what are y'all doing? And then I forgot it was that same day. But I realized, uh, surprisingly, this one also comes from not just the American history aspect, but also a biblical aspect which I'm going to post the introduction uh, in February for Black History Month as a surprise for, ooh, whoops, as a surprise for everyone, which surprisingly, uh, I'm not sure if I should spoil uh, the actual reason. You don't have to if you don't want to. Just, just wait till Instagram, I guess. Sure, yeah. Yeah, so you you mentioned a lot of um a lot of how other people felt about the election and Trump leaving. How did you feel about all of that? It's funny because I'm actually super neutral when it comes to politics. I mean, yeah, I did take AP comparative politics in high school and to be honest, I was not a fan of it. <laughs> I was <laughs> I mean, I like I'm I'm twenty four now. I still confuse democrats and republicans <laughs> so i mean uh, it's for me i've always been neutral with regards to politics i i understand it just not like a fanatic or hardcore study for it and I'm, I'm like i said i try to be like different from like the average journalist or writer when it comes to 
the politics. I know I, I know how to write about it. It's just, I'm just not a fond of writing about it. Despite people should know the truth about stuff that actually goes behind the scenes and such. For sure. I think there's a lot of smoke and mirrors going on. There, there, there is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a rabbit hole we won't go down in this interview. <laughs> um, yeah, so moving on from politics, let's talk about something a little bit um, happier. Um, you write about barefooting a lot. That's something we both are quite passionate about. I've been living barefoot since 2010. You talked a bit about going barefoot yourself. Um, can you tell the listeners a bit about that and why you write about it? Sure thing. Um, I, f- I first started growing an interest towards going barefoot more often in the summer of 2013 when I was uh, transitioning from, oh, what was this? Uh, when I was switching schools, going to, uh, oh, geez, what? school was that uh, a college uh program school for a bit and uh that book over the summer pretty much gave me a better perspective on it and to the point where i first did a project about it when i was in high school uh, i know I, I never wasn't able to present it because i never had like a we never had to do any presentations and stuff about like books or anything but uh from then i decided to just challenge myself to do that project and uh, after a couple of years the the creator of the book actually saw it and he really liked it as well to be honest and I was grateful for that uh, then while I was in that college program in high school uh, a pen pal of mine said uh, why not I write a poem about uh, going barefoot so I'm like okay I mean I wrote poetry at the time so I thought, why not? And from there, it was just going to be just only one book for poetry. But then from then on, I was just writing more poems about barefooting than I expected to the point. It's now becoming its own book itself instead of just one book. So instead of one poetry book, I'm writing two. (laughs) Well, technically two and a half since one of them is a poetry book and the other one is the same thing, but just with pictures. Then from there, I'm, I, since I'm starting my own journalism business, I am writing articles as well on barefooting as well. I, I haven't finished any of them as yet, but I'm working on all of them uh, uh, as we speak. That's awesome. And where do you publish your journalism articles? For now, uh, for in, at first, the barefoot journalism was just on my Wattpad for when I was able to just talk to people who uh, were okay with like sharing their thoughts and adventures on barefooting. But now I plan on expanding it right now to both uh, academia, as well as currently trying to create my own website for my business so people can actually see all all of my articles as well. Then once I actually get my Facebook back, I'm going to post on there as, as a marketplace so that people can read those for free. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, For your poetry, um, have you dealt with writer's block? And if so, how do you overcome that? Writer's block, I have dealt with a lot of times, (laughs) both both for poetry and 
uh, journalism. Uh, one thing I sometimes do is just try to relax, really. Like, try to find a way to just calm my mind or just calm and relax myself. Uh, other times, I know I'll just go to the library and just sit there for a while to just think of stuff. Uh, depending on the day, it's either relax at home uh, in my room by myself, uh, go to the library for a few hours, or uh, sometimes uh, go on a perfect walk, actually, which does help with relaxing the mind and de-stressing your belt. You're stressing yourself so that you can actually think of something for later on. That definitely, those are all great ways. It's not usually how I do it. I find reading the news actually helps me, but I, I write, <laughs> I write stuff that's like crime and terrorism. So, you know, the news helps me with getting those kind of creative juices, flowing. <laughs> especially lately. Uh, yeah. Um, it's like in my, it's like my house, you'll like, you'll like never see the news on in my house unless it's like, Oh, oh, some stores give away free stuff or stuff like that. <laughs> those are the good ones. Yeah, I, I love those ones. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. The news usually isn't happy. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, barefoot walking, that's that's got to be way more inspirational for poetry than uh, than watching the news would be. Has COVID affected going barefoot for you at all? Uh. COVID, I haven't, I have paid attention to COVID, uh, to be honest, even with the studies I do, it's just pneumonia, which is just inflammation of the lungs, which can lead to a cardiac arrest, which I have uh, lost a few people uh, last year because of that. So uh, I understand how that can be, it's not easy. But um, in terms of COVID as a whole, it hasn't really affected me in terms of going barefoot, it just semi-affected me on uh my traveling at times not, not so much traveling like at a state or like uh at a town just traveling in the city itself so I kind of just saw myself like walking a bit more often than taking the free trolley to places which I mean I was okay with I was okay with it uh, I didn't mind but I was enjoy going on the free trolleys here in Miami Gardens they're they're a lot of fun and the sightseeing is always a good experience as well I'm I'm glad you haven't had any personal bad experiences with COVID uh, and that you've still been able to keep up barefooting. Um, a lot of people have been expressing concerns toward me that my going barefoot is somehow going to give me COVID, which it's a respiratory illness. I don't, it's, it's not connected. So yeah, I, um, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I was told that before, not to me personally, but people have said that someone has told them that and they're like, this is why I'm writing a, a a book on myths, just because of stupidity like that. Yeah, and I, I address that in my book, A Brief Guide to Barefooting, as well as people are always, not this was before COVID, but I mean, even before the people are like, oh, you might get sick because of your bare feet. How? <laughs> yeah, so, I've never been sick once ever since being barefoot more often. Not from being barefoot anyway. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Yeah. Um, who would you say is the most inspirational barefoot person that you've met through your writing journey? And don't say me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> actually, was about to say you. 
because I mean, you actually were, well, you actually were one of my first inspirations when I first heard about you, and I was at first I was super surprised when I heard that you were barefoot in the snow, which is surprising to me because a I am in Miami Gardens, there's no snow, <laughs> you will never <laughs> see. The only thing white and falling are people's like lice hair or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like that's like that's not snow. That that's something else. All right. <laughs> but um, but, um I, at first, when it comes to the snow, I was actually surprised when I first heard about it. Um, um, for me, I mean, yeah, I have lived in New York, but I didn't stay that long in New York. I grew up most of my life here in Miami Gardens. I would definitely revisit New York for sure. And if if it does snow or even in London, uh, where my parents are from, I mean, I would, I would definitely give it a try if I was like living by myself and such. Uh, another person uh, in terms of my birthing journey was uh, one professor who did write a math book, uh, not math book, uh, a barefooting book, which ironically, he sent my friend me to write a math book at the same time. But, um, uh, is that Daniel Howell? Yeah, Daniel. And because originally I was planning on being a math teacher, but uh, I was only to be a tutor and then had to stop my studies is for being a, a math teacher. So, you know, I was okay at it though. I mean, I it's definitely a different uh, 180, really. Comparing it to be a math teacher, uh, that was I'll be barefoot more often, which I have tutored barefoot uh, before to people, and they were totally okay with it. They understood uh, here in Miami Gardens. And then uh, I know it was mostly you two, and um, there was a third person, uh, technically someone a pen pal of mine, the one that inspired me to actually write uh, poems about uh, going barefoot years ago as a challenge. And so pretty much she inspired me to actually not only write just one poem about it, but now I have a book that just dedicated to it. That's great. Um, so talking about Daniel Howell, his book um, talks about 50 ways or 50 reasons to go barefoot. What would you say is the best reason that's in his book? If you could think of one, what one do you think is the best reason? Def- definitely one of them that's helped me a lot personally is to de-stress because I realize that the more you actually are like being grounded, you're easier to relieve the tension that is in your body from uh, whether it's like mental or physical or even sometimes financial stress at times. And I, I have personal experience that helping out me a great deal. And I'm actually grateful that he actually published that book so you guys that was the one that inspired me uh, to do it more often. And I actually have a friend of mine that uh, is reading it right now, actually. I recommended it to her. Uh, she She's read part uh, some of it uh, so far, and she really likes uh, the concept on it. That's great. Yeah. Um, Daniel and I have spoken quite a lot. There's a lot of things we disagree on, but barefooting is one of the things we agree absolutely 100% on. So we're definitely on the same wavelength on that one. Uh, And for your books, I'm sure, like I've read a few of them, but I haven't read all of them. Which one of your books would you recommend that my listeners would read first? Good 
question. Um, uh, on Wattpad, definitely the first book I did, which is uh, a, Barefo a Barefooters Interviews. That was, that was the original book I did for all of the Barefoot journalism that I did, uh, that I did on Wattpad before I'm, uh, as I'm working on converting them into actual journalism articles. But for when the books I'm currently working on that, that, one, that I definitely would like to publish this year, uh, one of them would definitely be the, uh, for barefooters or those that like one barefoot, uh, the barefooting book, the barefoot poetry book I'm working on, which I'm actually almost done. Uh, That's it's awesome. Entitled, oh, shoot, what did I title it? <laughs> <laughs> I just said the title yesterday. <laughs> Um, do I have it here? Oh, that's it. The, sho the Shoeless Stories of Poetry. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I, I have some of your poems here. Would it be okay if I read one of the poems on, on here and then you tell uh, my listeners a little bit about the story behind that particular poem? Sure thing. Okay. What are some things... Oh, no, that's not the poem. Hang on. <laughs> that was the interview. Where'd it go? <laughs> I had it. Where'd it go? Awkward when it's an interview and you have it. Where'd it go? Yeah, every time I walk barefoot. There it is. Every time I walk barefoot, people would give me odd expressions. I don't care if they stare, and this is one of the confessions. You become more aware with your surroundings and enjoy the pleasure of sensation. It's also known as earthing, and to my feet, it's a vacation. I'm not saying to my shoes, I don't want you anymore. I'm just trying to feel different for a while. I'll try it next at the dollar store. Since it's essential to good health and helps aid the sense of touch, I'll probably do it next time. Next time my friends do some double dutch. For they are feeling free and in nature, and my shoes are still talking. With tens to, ten toes and two soles, it's my bare feet who are walking. I remember that one, and I realized I wrote the dollar for one out of, out of random comedy. <laughs> but... Um, that one actually was based on uh, one friend of mine's in Argentina. Yeah, Ar Argentina. Uh, she is like barefoot, like to the max, really. And she does it like almost all the. She does it literally every single day in public. She doesn't mind what people say or what people do. She just straight up does it without. Uh, hesitation and basically her uh, story pretty much inspired me to write that one uh, I know uh, I know she didn't say anything about the dollar store but I do remember going to the dollar store to actually like get some uh, just get some like uh, uh, supplies and stuff for uh, when I had to write the poetry book so that one actually did come in handy and nowadays I actually wear uh, barefoot sandals which you can get some of the you can want to make your own i mean you can actually get some of the supplies from dollar tree like beads so strings and stuff like that and those are the barefoot sandals that they look like they're a sandal on the top and then they just loop over your toe and you tie them around your ankle yeah yeah i've had a pair of those and they're they're pretty i like them yeah, yeah so um just a few more questions for you and then we'll close. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received and what advice would you give to my listeners about going barefoot? 
the best advice that I was given personally was uh, just take it, literally take it one step at a time because I know some people try to transition immediately like in public while others try to do it like at a slow pace while accepting the area that you live in not always tend to be that very common. So sometimes it's just best to just go one step at a time, whether by yourself or uh, have someone do it with you who is okay with doing it. That, for me personally, I did it by myself at first. Then uh, it transitioned to now I have a friend of mine that we go on record walks together, uh, whether at a park or nature trail and such. Uh, to give to others, definitely it would be uh, don't be afraid uh, because uh, for sure, I know people, like even from that poem, like never let people's like thoughts or such like affect your feet from uh, having an adventure really. Because I know in that book, I have one saying in there that says, uh, I can find it. Never, uh, never let people. Here to go. I'm correct. It's never let people's thoughts ruin your feet's fun, adventure, and experience. I love that. Yeah, I I always tell people: free your feet, and your mind will follow. And. Just because other people have a closed mind doesn't mean you have to have enclosed feet. <laughs> exactly. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, if listeners want to find you online, where can they find you? Uh, for now, uh, until I get my Facebook back, uh, so I'm, so I'm having some issue with that. Uh, you can mostly find me right now, mostly on my Instagram, which is at the Sterling Studies. T-H-E-S-E-R-L-I-N-G-S-T-U-D-I-E-S. Uh, I know I plan on expanding a little more on social media uh, in terms of uh, more than just Facebook and Instagram. I know I plan on doing uh, Twitter. I, I do use Twitter, just not so much since that one's going to be more, I guess, that to, to me, Twitter is more political based, which, uh, <laughs> but I'm okay with it though. Yeah, Twitter um, is a special place. <laughs> yeah, but for now, mostly um, Instagram, which is at the Sterling Studies. Um, I know I do plan on doing uh, create a Fiverr account uh, for my business as well for those who are interested in me, uh, want me to help them out with any writing of some sort. Then from there, I'm trying to just expand. So. Uh, if I'm able to come back on here, I definitely will let you know on updates. For sure. I, I consider you a personal friend and a friend of the podcast. So once you get those other books out there, I'll for sure be glad to have you back and we can talk about them again. Sure thing. Thank you so much for having me. Now on Thank to you. comics. I got the idea for today's comic while laying in bed somewhere between asleep and awake. I'm a doer by nature. I have a few chronic conditions and those sometimes demand my full attention and force me to take a day or two off for rest. But even on my rest days, I'm intellectually active. 
Over the last two days, I've been mostly sleeping, trying to recover from whatever sickness I came down with. So I was drowsily laying on my couch, trying to find the motivation to get up and wash the dishes, and kind of mentally beating myself up over how lazy I've been over the last few days, when today's comic came to me. It's a possum sleeping on a little cat bed, and the speech bubble says, never apologize for needing to rest. I got word from Zachary Meroy's earlier today that his Kickstarter for Dwarf Star Comics was fully funded. I am so looking forward to getting a copy of that comic book in a few months. Marvel is still running their X-Men poll to see who will join the team in the next issue. Get your vote in before February 2nd at marvel.com slash X-Men vote. In comic news today, we'll get to see a classic comics-inspired look for Elizabeth Olsen's Scarlet Witch character in the Halloween episode of WandaVision. In an interview with Vanity Fair, Olsen said, I was so excited. We have a Halloween episode, and they were trying to figure out how big of a nod to the character they were going to do. And I, like, I fought for it. I was like, no, we have to go full into it. I'm really looking forward to seeing that costume now. The first four episodes of WandaVision are currently out on Disney+. Funko announced new DC comic book cover art inspired pops at their Funko Fair. The pops will come in a hard case with the cover art printed behind the vinyl figurine. Wonder Woman is also getting her own series of pops, and they announced a new GameStop exclusive series of pops based on CW's The Flash. Yes, I know, GameStop. I am not going to be getting into that stock exchange mess on here. Alright, next up is journalism. I'm now at the point in my true crime book where I'm waiting on court transcripts before I can go any further with the book. And because of COVID, who knows how long that's going to be. In current events, South Suburban Colorado is getting ready to open a new sports complex, complete with an ice arena with three sheets of ice. The main sheet has seating for 800 and room to host national tournaments. The second sheet has seating for 250, and the third sheet is for free skating and practice. The arena will also feature a skate rental shop and pro repair shop run by Wayne Smokey Fleming, former equipment manager for the Colorado Avalanche. This new arena is far more accessible to people with disabilities than the area's previous one. The sports complex will allow 25% capacity when it opens due to COVID, but South Suburban's assistant director of recreation, Nicole Stalick, says that could go up to 50% in February if COVID numbers keep going down. 35-year-old French blogger and Bitcoin millionaire Laurent Bachelier was found dead in the Hyatt Regency Etoile Paris Hotel by hotel staff. Mr. Bachelier rented the room on December 8th, then sent $520,000 in donations in the form of Bitcoin to 22 white supremacists linked to the January 6th U.S. Capitol riot. On December 9th, he posted a suicide note online. Parts of the note read that he felt three times his age, that he was a prisoner of his body, and that he was interested in what an autopsy would show. Mr. Bachelier suffered from trigeminal neuralgia, a chronic pain condition. His death was ruled a suicide. The exact date of his death is unknown, but the police said in a statement he had been dead for some time. No criminal charges were underway for his financial ties to capital rioters at the time his death was discovered. Last but not least, let's talk about barefooting. I'm still in quarantine through February 7th due to having COVID symptoms and needing to get tested. Even though my test came out negative, they take that quarantine seriously here. Gotta flatten that curve, you know. So no barefoot adventures today. 
Barefoot Country Music Festival is still accepting nominations for frontline workers to get free tickets to their festival. Their festival is planned for August 19th through 22nd in Wildwood, New Jersey. Follow the link in the show notes to nominate yourself or another frontline worker before February 2nd. Let's jump into the barefoot news. In China, dedicated bird lovers are going barefoot into the swamps to conduct a survey of water birds. Birds are sensitive to the natural environment, and their well-being can reflect the environmental conditions, Cheng Cheng, one of the survey volunteers, told ChinhuaNet.com. The survey data will help the local government protect the birds and improve the environment. And there's a new theory to explain the Dyatlov Pass incident. In February 1959, nine Russian explorers perished while exploring the Dyatlov Pass. The rescue team couldn't understand anything about the scene they'd came across. Tent sliced open, all of the explorers over half a mile away, some without shoes, some of them missing clothing. It was below freezing, so some of them died of exposure, but others died from traumatic injuries to their heads and chests. No one could explain how it happened. And every explanation from aliens to an attack by an unknown local tribe of people has been offered. But work on snow modeling from Disney's movie Frozen, of all things, may have finally given us a plausible answer. A specific type of avalanche that could have caused some of the explorers to flee in an instant and caused the traumatic injuries that resulted in the deaths of others. The theory has to do with how layers of snow fall over the winter at different densities and at different temperatures. The Dyatlov Pass explorers camped on a hillside on their last night alive and scooped out snow to level it out, as shown in photos they took of their campsite. When they scooped out the snow, they could have sliced through a weak layer. It wasn't weak enough to collapse on its own, but weather records from that night show a specific type of wind that could have pushed down on the snow and triggered a collapse. Physicist Johan Guam explains that if only a portion of the snow shelf collapsed and came sliding into the explorer's tents, it could explain why they had to suddenly cut their way out and run for safety. Based on simulations he ran on Disney's snow model, the slab would have been about 16 by 16 feet, or about 5 by 5 meters. That certainly would have been enough to cause severe head and chest trauma. Guam then theorizes that they were afraid of a second collapse, so they retreated from their campsite into the forest, but died of exposure before being able to build a fire due to their injuries and state of undress. While this theory makes scientific sense, there's no way to know if it's what actually happened. Even Guam admits this. He says, I want to be clear that we do not claim that we solved the mystery. I mean, no one wants this mystery to be solved in Russia. This is part of Russian lore. It certainly does give you something to think about, though. That's all for today's show. I'll be back tomorrow with another interview, this time with artist Jessica Selm. Thanks so much for listening in. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to sierrathebarefootgirl at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at sierrathebarefoot, on Facebook as sierrathebarefootgirl, on Twitter at sierrabarefoot, and on TikTok at sierraisbarefoot. All of my books are available on Amazon, and my comics are available on Instagram, at World of Possums, and Patreon.com slash PossumBeat. Thank you to Legion X for the intro and outro music. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. Until next time, this has been Barefooting with Sierra.